Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, August 5th, we look at Lesson 6, The Mystery of the Gospel. Central to Adventist theology, let's see the mystery of the gospel, especially through the lens of Ephesians. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience And now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. All right, here we are, Michael, the mystery of the gospel lesson six. And our memory text is one of my favorites, Ephesians chapter three, verses 20 and 21 from the NIV, I should say. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through out all generations forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, so great, great passage to just remind us about the centrality of Christ that is at the heart of the gospel. Yes, it is. And I love this topic, especially about the mystery of the gospel, because I think we hear that word, it's mysterious to all of us, because when I say it to you, maybe Mm. our presuppositions come to mind. And so I love how this lesson brings us to what is actually at the center of the gospel. So, Michael, take us there, and this is kind of opening it up. Paul imprisoned, apostle to the Gentiles. Yeah, so part of Ephesians in this beautiful book, which is one of my favorites, and so elated that we get to to study it this quarter. But now as we're unpacking chapter three, is a reminder that following Christ and ministry is not always easy. No, it's not. In fact, at times it can be downright hard, perhaps even difficult, right? And and so part of the context, right? Verse, well, several different verses that he talks about being a prisoner of Christ Jesus when he in fact has been and will be again a prisoner of Rome. So verse one of chapter three, verse one of chapter four, and he also alludes to this in verse 13 with his suffering and being in chains. So there's a number of these different allusions. And I think this is important to, to grasp and recall this, Buster, because, uh, again, I, I, there's this prosperity gospel that if you just give your heart to Christ and do all the right things, suddenly you're going to be wealthy and have a big house and a fancy car and, and all the ne- bells and whistles. And your health will never go down. And yeah, all, all of it. Yeah. But this is a, it's a, it's a spiritual fallacy that exists and it's been popularized in certain circles, certain Christian circles. And I, I I think we have to, especially as Adventists, we need to address that from scripture that that is not true. It's not the case. If, if in fact, if everything's going well, maybe you should be, you should be a little bit worried that (laughs) maybe. Whether this is actually really genuine and authentic and so on. I'm not saying if, if, if yeah, I know God has blessed some people with wealth and everything else, but, and that's great. And I'm happy for those people. But the reality is, is most of the time, I think, is, is we can probably relate with Pastor Paul and his sufferings that we have incredible challenges and we don't always see the way forward clearly. And I think that's part of this theme of chapter three that we're unpacking is the difficulty, the challenges. And and despite all of that, God is able to work in and through Paul and others 
And in fact, that suffering, I think, brings about clarity in one's life, clarity of purpose. Why is one here? As well as the fact that when you suffer, that you begin to think and see things differently and see other people differently. And I wonder if sometimes God allows us to suffer, Buster, to be more empathetic so that when we see others that, that God, and, and this has been true in my own experience where, oh, you know what? That was really a tough time in my life. And now when I see someone else going through that same kind of situation, then I'm able to perhaps at times encourage them, hey, you're going to make it, you can get through this. And, and I think that's a, a part of it. So, but then yes. not only do we have this, this theme of suffering, but we have this, this question of the long hidden mystery of the gospel buster. Yes. What was Pastor Paul talking about? So this is uh, picking up at Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter three, verses one through six. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to read all of that because I really want to hit on these points that uh, Dr. McVeigh pointed out here, our lesson points out here on Monday's lesson. It says here, according to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter three, one through six, first, Paul writes this part of the letter specifically to Gentile believers in the house churches. So we have to understand that this was not a large church, a mega, a mega church where everyone was visiting. These were believers in house churches. Then we have to understand as well that he, Paul claims to be the recipient of something called the stewardship of God's grace, giving to him mm. for you, to the Gentile believers specifically. And that the stewardship or ministry of grace was Paul's way of describing the commission given to him to preach, to preach God's grace. Uh, mm -hmm. Third, Paul claims that a mystery has been revealed to him. So we have to understand that. And it's the mystery of Christ that comes, in, comes out in there, verses three and four. And then the fourth thing is that Paul is not alone in having received advanced revelation about this mystery, as the Spirit has also revealed it to Christ, holy apostles and prophets. So it's not just Paul who's like, hey, I know this, that the holy apostles and prophets understood this mystery. And it says here at the very end of that fourth line, the mystery which was once hidden has now become what we might be called an open secret. And finally, he declares like that. this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ through, through the gospel. And so what amazes me here, Michael, and I think it's so pertinent for today, is the fact that part of the mystery of gospel is not to divide us it's actually to unify us and to bring us all together and, and so yeah. as you're as you're looking at those verses as you're looking at ephesians chapter three that beginning part we see here that when you hear a mystery it's like ha huh, i know something you don't no it's it's something i know something and i want you to know it as well i want us both to be empowered it's not an us versus them but it's us with us and as we see that we see that the gospel is a unifying powerful thing that brings us all together in order to save as many people as possible. And the reason why I say it's also pertinent for today is because sometimes we love, and I know we talk about this a lot, othering. We love to say mm. whatever it might be, a divide Frig between race, a divide between gender, or divide between whatever you choose it to be. Anything. And Christ is saying, I died for that. I died for them. I love them. They are created in my image. You are created in my image. You are not less than, you're not greater than, you are equal to one another. Understand that. And that's what the gospel does, which is the same blood of Christ that is able to cleanse me, to bring me towards Christ, is the same gospel that is able to cleanse my brother and my sister and my enemy. 
And this is the this is the beauty of the mystery of that gospel. Powerful, Buster. Yes, I I agree. And Michael, I, let's keep this going. The church, <laughs> okay. revealer of God's wisdom, is it? It should be, but is it the revealer of God's <laughs> wisdom? Well, verses seven through thirteen, we're digging deep now into this chapter, and you know it's it's a bit of a passage, but I, I want to pause and and read some of these verses here because I think it's just so weighty here. Yeah. Verse seven, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And this particular passage is just so full, pregnant with meaning. I mean, just each, each word here, you know, and I love this because Paul again and again, likes to refer to himself as a servant of the gospel. He's a servant to others. When God calls you and you realize the gift of grace, what God has done, anything that you do just falls woefully short. You just realize it's, yes. it's not me at all. It's just completely God. And, and that provides a kind of, we call it servant leadership kind of outlook that we put the welfare of others before ourselves. And I, I wish we could think of that more often, especially within the Christian church, instead of thinking, you know, oh, that person's going to have my position in the church and, and people don't appreciate me. Mm. That's, that's just the wrong orientation because it's in about me instead of being, you know what, I'm here to uplift and serve those around me. And that may not be the position that I want, but that's an opportunity, whatever it is to be able to be, have that servant mindset. So I think that's, that's really key. It's crucial to an outlook. It's easy to miss and overlook where people suddenly start kind of making it about themselves. But I love how Paul again and again refers to himself as a servant, or in this case, a servant of the gospel, because that orients ourselves to, and then he says, it's a gift of God's grace. Amen. Just how amazing it's a gift. And again and again, I've, I've sat with people. I've, I, you know, I've held people's hands when they've died and I've had people say to me, Buster, I don't know if I've been good enough, you know, trembling, trembling. Yeah. yeah. And I have to tell them, you aren't good enough. None but of us Jesus are. is good enough. Yes. Yeah. Hold their hand and squeeze it and say, Jesus loves you right now. Trust Jesus and his gift of grace for you. And I, I've held people's hand while telling them that when they breathe their last. And I was thankful that I was able to be there. And I remember that one lady is just, it's like she had a cold sweat. She was, she knew she was dying and just it, absolute terror and fear buster. And then she had a smile of peace there at the end. Yeah. I, I just, you know, we have to remember and, and it's easy to forget, but every day, you know, Ellen White talks about, I die daily. We need to, to die daily, surrender our wills to God. And the fact that when we give our hearts to Christ, that good work of faith and, and falling in love with God, even that itself is a gift of God. And that's what it talks about through the working of his power. So the power of the spirit working yes. in and, and through us. And, and then, you know, I spend a lot of time, verse seven, but verse eight, very quickly, the least of all the Lord's people. I mean, this is Paul, Buster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is Paul. I'm the least. Yeah. And, the and then, Apostle Paul, come on. Pastor Paul, yeah, Apostle Paul. In verse nine, to make plain this mystery, which you're just talking about, you know, to make it plain an open secret, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known 
to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. We talked with John Brunt some time ago about how, you know, what that, what that kind of means, you know, and according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, what is God's eternal purpose? It's for our salvation. That's what God has purpose. He wants us to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish. That's what scripture says. So we know God's will and orientation towards us is one, a posture of love and grace and redemption. The only reason we're lost in the end is because we spurn and choose because God doesn't force us. And, and then verse 12, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. What, what if we did this just a little bit more, Buster, that if, if you really believe it, if you really believe it, you will experience freedom. And this, this is the opposite yes. of control. Yes. And trying to control others and control oneself, you really truly it, it get it. You get it and say, wow, God is amazing. What a incredible gift. And, and, and to, to give oneself that permission to, to experience that freedom and confidence as well. I'm reminded of my grandfather who was a judge for many years and my, my aunt used to speed through town. She'd get pulled over by the, by the police and and walk up with her ticket book and she'd look at them and say, but my dad's the judge. (laughs) Now that's probably not a good illustration because there's a bit of presumption here. There's a bit of presumption, but I do like the aspect of it, of having confidence, like, Hey, and again, I'm not saying anyone should be speeding, but don't speed, but (laughs) yeah, but but if you know and have a relationship with God, you don't have to live in fear. You're not, you're not living in constant fear of, 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 of the judgment, shall we say, right? We, right. You can have that, that love and freedom, that confidence and all of this. And, and then finally, verse 13, I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. And it, it's hard when we see suffering taking place, but we realize that God is working out something greater well, that leads us to, you know, kind of started in on, on some of the verses for Wednesday's lesson about Christ dwelling in your heart. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Michael, as we're looking at Christ dwelling in <laughs> your heart, it actually ties in beautifully with what you just shared. Uh, mm-hmm. The church is the revealer of God's wisdom. But as you just mentioned, and I'm preaching about the Sabbath, that's why it's so fresh in my mind that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but it's not Ooh. the end of wisdom love the culmination of love actually drives away that fear but yet mm-hmm. what, rem- what remains is awe is reverence is worship and the church and this i, I have to speak to this michael because that story I've, I've heard it so many times people that have been in church for 70 80 years 90 years and they're on their deathbed with fear and trembling shaking worried about their salvation we've done something wrong if their gospel is their works, if their gospel is an incomplete picture of who Christ is and what he what he sees in them. And and the reason why I share that is because as we're looking at this lesson, Christ dwelling in your heart, we see Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church there in Ephesians 1.16. And he says, Do not cease, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He's wanting them at their verse 18, the eyes of the understanding being enlightened. He wants them to grow in wisdom and in knowledge. He's, he's calling for these things. 
He wishes the best for them in the church. And we are called to do the same for one another, hoping and seeing and wishing the best for one another. But I dare ask the, our audience this, how can I see the best in Michael Campbell, who is staring at me from, from, Zoom, from Zoom, if I don't see any good in myself? Ooh. And that is the hard Sitting home here. That is the hard yeah. part, which is God does not, God does not make mistakes. He does not make trash. He does not make people that are, are, are destined. Like he doesn't make you like, Oh, Michael is perfect over here. And Buster, you're, you're imperfect. Sorry about it. No, we're all imperfect, but yet mm -hmm. we're all loved. And that's the beauty of it. As we allow Christ in our lives and our hearts, we, we allow ourselves to see that once again, we are equal with one another. And if I can, if I can truly love myself, love, love you and love my brothers and my sisters as I love myself, as I care for myself, then it actually gives me the ability to take that fear that our brothers and sisters are having, not only on their deathbeds, but as they enter church on Sabbath mornings and get Absolutely. them to and understand the gospel, the beauty of it, that we're not supposed to be afraid of the presence of God. We are called to be joyous in the presence of God. Now, are there some things about God that will always, always leave us awestruck and us understanding his power? Yes. But then when we understand what his character is, and you might be yeah. saying, well, what's his character? Well, read Galatians chapter five, right? The, the fruit mm -hmm. of the spirit. That is the character of God. Read the Ten Commandments. That, yes, that is the character of God. And that's what mm -hmm. he's asking for our characters to become as well. And so Michael into his image. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so as we look no, here. Oh, go ahead, Michael, please go. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I wonder, it makes me wonder, Buster, what you're saying, you know, how often I wonder how uh, our insecurities get in the way of the gospel. Yes, they do. They you really know? do. And so just to, as I was listening to what you're saying, you know, just let God's grace penetrate our hearts. And, and sometimes I think we have to even forgive ourselves and say, you know what, you know, I, yeah, uh, and sometimes that can even be the hardest one. Yeah, that is the hardest one because yeah. I cannot forgive you, my brother, if I if I refuse to forgive myself because yeah. I don't I don't I don't understand the concept. And I, I can't experience grace. Yeah, if I can't receive the forgiveness that God has given me, and if mm -hmm. there there's there's no one more appalled by sin than God, and yet there's no one more forgiving than God. Mm. And mm -hmm. so if we can, and that's a paradox, but if we can get that through our thick skulls, we'd understand mm -hmm. what the gospel is and it would set us free. The truth would set us free. There's nothing that I did by grace. You have been saved, not of your works, lest anyone should boast, but it's because of the power of Christ. And Ephesians chapter three, 14 through 19 talks about this a little bit more. Listen to this. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, I, I remember reading this even as a kid and like, that's impossible. Be filled with the fullness of God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not in a state of arrival as I used to think. It's a state of, of, it's a goal. And I think that goal will actually be completed when it comes to the clouds of glory. And even then, 
there will be even more room for growth. And so this is a forever, Michael, you're going to be excited to hear this. This is a forever educational journey that we are on for all eternity, getting to know God more and more and more, allowing him to dwell in our hearts. This is our goal. Be driven to the presence of God. Allow him in to transform your life. Well, you're warming the cockles of my heart, Buster, as you get ready to head off to the NAD Educators Convention with some, what, five, 6,000 teachers. So Yes, my wife uh, is going to be there as well. Yeah, so we're just going to be learning for all eternity. I, I just love this. <laughs> yes. And so, Michael, so, take us take us home. We're going to finish right. here with glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. So the last two verses are a benediction, and I can't yeah. think of a better way to finish off this chapter and this theme for this week, but just these these two verses, I'm going to read them quickly here. They're really short, and I hope our listeners just take them to heart. If nothing else this week, just many beautiful parts of this passage that could be treasured and put to memory, but I would, I would challenge our listeners in particular, think of these two verses and, and just Meditate on them, memorize them, and and think about them through your week. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So I love that God's posture towards us isn't one that is not only, hey, I love you and I want to save you, but he wants the best for us. And Amen. even more than we can even ask or think or imagine, right? That's how much God loves us. And sometimes I just have to pray and say, oh, Lord, if it's your will or Maybe, Lord, if there's something better you have in mind that I can't imagine, you know, right now, yes. but but whatever it is, I want to be in alignment with your will because God, he really does know what's best for us. And no matter what we've done and messed up, that God's grace is still more powerful. His spirit is at work within us, as it says here. We just need to surrender our hearts and lives to him. And again, it's not going to be easy. No. All, Pastor Paul ends up in prison. Sometimes it doesn't look from this side of things. It doesn't look comfortable, shall we say. But in the end, it will all be for his glory. And we'll see this in the glory in the church, right? Yes. The church is imperfect, but yet there's something about that community. When we experience the ecclesia together, we see those moments when we can come together and encourage each other. When we worship, we've got a, a wedding that we're going to be at here pretty soon, Buster, you know? Yes. That's, a, that's an act of worship, right? Yes. People committing their lives together. There's something to those moments that we share together. That's the church. That's the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations and until he comes and then through all eternity. What glory that will be. Uh, I can't wait. And actually, we don't, we don't have to wait. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, we can experience it now. Yes, we can. Well, I can't think of a better way to wrap up this week's lesson. Thanks for listening to the Sabbath School Rescue. Until next week, this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. 
me. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible and be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, sabbathschoolrescue.org for each weekly episode.